1: well, right off the bat, I'd like to thank a host of listeners who've been sending me notes via email about what shows they'd like me to investigate for use in the show. Well, tonight, a special shout-out to Cynthia Reed, who sent me several suggestions, and I'm pleased to air one of those shows tonight, Box 13. Alan Ladd stars as Dan Holliday, a writer in search of interesting stories, who places an ad in a newspaper and offers his services to those who answer with directions to mail it to Box 13. Now, Alan Ladd was an idol of mine when I was a kid. I used to go see him in movies in my hometown of London, Ontario. I think it was the Capitol Theater in the East End, if i not mistaken. Anyway, there he'd be up on that screen, as handsome as could be, blonde hair, really looking fit, great voice, and I honestly remember thinking, wow, I wish I could grow up and look exactly like Alan Ladd. Now, what I didn't know was that he was really short, And so short, the directors had him stand on crates so that he'd be taller than his leading ladies. Uh, How short was he? Well, when he was 20, he borrowed 150 bucks to open up his own hamburger and malt shop across from his old high school, which he called Tiny's Patio. uh, The nickname at high school was Tiny. However, he was ultimately unable to make a success of that shop, and a good thing, too. Otherwise, we wouldn't have such great movies as Shane to watch. Anyway, I think you're going to really enjoy Box 13, and uh, here's one entitled The First Letter.
2: Box 13, with the star of Paramount Pictures, Alan Ladd, as Dan Holliday.
3: 13. Box 13.
4: Box 13. Box 13. Box 13. Well, this is great. Rain, rain, rain. I bet even the ducks wouldn't come out in weather like this. But me, I'm an idiot. I gotta go and take up a profession like being a writer. I couldn't take up something easy. Oh, no, not me. I gotta be a writer so I can be out on nice, cold, wet nights. Beating my brains out. Looking for an idea. Idea. Deadline. Oh, sure. Mustn't forget that ever-loving deadline. Hm. I could have stayed a reporter at the Star Times and had nice assignments. Like listening to political speeches or covering the opening of a new manhole. Oh, no, but not me. I have to write fiction. Do it the hard way. Well, I might as well take the usual hand, open the usual door to the usual place, and hear the usual comments.
5: Hi, Mr. Holiday. Hiya. Coffee, coffee, boy. Hiya, Dan. What do you say, Ed? This editor wants you. How goes it, Holiday? Oh, pretty good. Where's the makeup on page
4: four? Hi,
6: Mr. Holiday. How are you? Hiya, Mr. Holiday.
4: Hello, Susie. <laughs> <laughs> Anything in Box 13?
2: Box 13. Starring Alan Ladd as Dan Holiday. <laughs> Box 13, starring Alan Ladd as Dan Holliday. What a
4: character I am. Standing here in front of the wanted counter in a newspaper office while the rain runs down off my coat collar into my shoes. Mr. Holliday. I gotta ruin my last pair of... Huh? What's that, Susie?
3: I said there's a message in Box 13 for you. Here.
4: Oh. Thanks, Susie.
3: Don't mention it. Say, aren't you going to open it?
4: Sorry. Not here, Susie.
3: You know, you got all of us down
2: here at the Star Times awful curious, Mr. Holiday, running that ad. Have I? You've been running it for months. Why don't you change it?
4: Well, I haven't read it for so long I've forgotten the words. How's it go?
3: Don't you remember? Adventure wanted. We'll go any place, do anything. How about that?
4: I still like it.
3: You'd do a lot better with adventure if you ran your picture with the ad. Oh, no, thanks.
4: Just keep on running it the way it is.
3: But, gee, aren't you ever going to tell us what you do for a living? Why you keep running that ad?
4: Susie, same old question, same old answer. No. <laughs> If I'm not doing anything else, at least I've got the people at the Star Times curious. They'd think my brain cells were ten feet off first base if they knew why I really run that ad. Well, maybe they are. Hmm. You can help a person out of great trouble and gain an adventure for yourself if you call Chester eight nine four five and ask for Carla Williams. Chester, eight nine four five. Paula Williams. Hmm. Sounds like an interesting name. Well, I hope she's home. Hello. Oh, uh, this is the man from box thirteen.
3: Oh. Tell me, are you serious or was that ad just a joke? No joke, Miss Williams. Are you willing to try anything?
4: Well, uh, that depends what's on your mind. I can't discuss it over the phone. Will you meet me? Of course. There's a little French restaurant down on Ledge Street. Meet me
3: there in the cocktail lounge. Uh, what time? Make it ten o'clock tonight. Tell the bartender you want to speak to Carla Williams.
4: French restaurant on Ledge, ten o'clock.
3: Oh, uh, what block number? The 600 block. You won't fail me. You'll be there.
4: Lady, if it were a winter, I'd come with bells on. This sounds like the beginning of a very interesting story. Beautiful woman in distress calls on struggling writer for help. Only she doesn't know I'm a writer and I don't know she's beautiful. Yours, Mister. Oh, I'm. Uh, I'm looking for our Carla Williams. Oh yeah, she's sitting over there in that front booth. Thanks. Uh, Carla Williams?
3: Yes. Oh,
4: Carla Williams could be material for a love story, or an adventure story, or
3: uh, maybe both. And uh, do you have a name? Oh,
4: uh, uh, yes. Dan Holliday. sit down. Oh, thanks.
3: I'm uh, agreeably surprised. I didn't think a person would get such a satisfactory reply from a warrant ad.
4: And I didn't think I'd get such a nice reply.
3: You're wondering about me, aren't you? You're wondering why you're here. Naturally. Well, I'm being blackmailed.
4: That's a very nasty business.
3: I've been paying blackmail for five years, but tonight's the end. I'm to meet him in 15 minutes and make the final payment and get the letters.
4: Well, that sounds like the end of your troubles.
3: But is it? I can't be sure. That's why I need your help.
4: But what can I do?
3: Well, you can be there as a witness. You can make sure this is the end. You can see that I get the letters and get away safely.
4: Oh, lady, you need the police.
3: Why? To make sure everything I've kept hidden for five years comes out in the open?
4: Maybe a friend could do it.
3: My friends would be the last ones on earth I'd want to know. Are you afraid? No. You advertised for adventure.
4: Blackmail isn't my idea of adventure.
3: I'm sorry if my trouble doesn't measure up to your expectations. The best I could do on such short notice.
4: Oh, well, I guess I had that coming.
3: Maybe this isn't your idea of adventure, but I do need help. I need help badly. Let, let's leave it at that.
4: Now, that might appeal to my early Boy Scout training. Then you will. I always help ladies across blackmail wraps uh, What happens if your friend makes trouble?
3: We can't make any trouble.
4: He seems to have done all right for the past five years.
3: There won't be any trouble if you're alone. Here, reach under the table. Take this.
4: Oh, uh, now wait a minute. It's a gun.
3: Put it in your pocket. Don't let anyone see it.
4: This is supposed to make everything all right.
3: You won't need it, believe me. I I thought it would make you feel better.
4: It makes me feel like a policeman. And I still think a policeman is what you want.
3: But you promised. I said maybe. I have to meet him in 15 minutes. Please help me. (sighs) Where do we go? His apartment. Far from here. We can make it if we leave now.
4: What do you say? Maybe I should never have been a Boy Scout. I watch Carla Williams closely as we ride over to the apartment where she's to meet this man she's been talking about. She's perfectly groomed with a certain niceness about her, except for those twin furrows of worry between her eyes and a cold look of anxiety. I don't think I would like to have her angry at me, though.
3: That's funny. You should have been here 20 minutes ago. Huh.
4: Uh, why don't you try the door?
3: It was unlocked.
4: Might as well wait inside, unless you have any objections.
3: Not at all. There's a light switch on your right. The living room is straight ahead.
4: Say, you sound like you're familiar with the place.
3: Why not? I've been here many times before.
4: There's a light on in there. Suppose he might have fallen asleep.
3: Waiting for his money? Hardly.
4: Well, this is more like it. This spot is nicely furnished.
3: With my money. At least we can sit down and make our... Uh, make us. Oh, no.
4: Miss Williams, what's the matter? What happened? Go
3: the floor, by the desk, look.
4: You stay here. Well, well... You'd better call the police. He's dead.
3: Dead?
4: Yeah, he's been shot. Once. Through the heart. I'm
3: glad. I'm glad.
4: He's the one. The man who was blackmailing?
3: Yes. Would you. Could you go through his pockets? He must have some of those letters with him. Look in his coat pocket.
4: Uh, just a minute, Miss Williams. You don't understand. This man has been murdered. We've got to call the police.
3: Murdered? What makes you so sure? There's
4: no gun around any place.
3: Just the same before the police come. His pockets. Please, I've got to have those letters.
4: Okay. But it isn't right. Are these what you wanted? Let me see.
3: Yeah, they're all here.
4: Now where's the telephone? We've got to get the police up here and fast. There
3: is no phone.
4: No, how do you know without looking? Unless
3: I told you I've been here before.
4: Oh yes, I forgot. Well, go downstairs. There's a payphone in the lobby. Tell the police to come up here right away, and come back and we'll wait for them.
3: You're not planning to leave while I'm downstairs, are you?
4: No. Here, here's a nickel. Just dial O and tell the operator you want the police. Hurry.
3: But you, you'll be here.
4: Call, I said. <laughs> I wanted adventure so I put an ad in a newspaper and I certainly found what I wanted it's only this isn't good the man is lying dead on the floor of this apartment and Carla Williams and I will have to get down to the police headquarters and answer a million questions all of them embarrassing uh, I hope she's made the calls say that's funny Why would there be a telephone directory in a place where there's no phone? Or maybe there is one. Of course, right here in the hallway. I wonder why she said there was no phone here. Maybe it's been disconnected. Hmm.
2: Operator. This is the operator.
4: Oh, fine a dozen stories like this. And whenever I've reached this point, the hero always finds that he's been framed. <laughs> framed? The gun. I going to look at that gun. Gotta find out if it's been fired. One shot has been fired. And the police surgeon will probably find a bullet from this gun in that dead man's body. The police... Seems like little Carla took care of that. Me, I'm going to take care of
2: something else. I'm leaving. You are listening to Box 13, starring Alan Ladd as Dan Holliday. <laughs> Once again, Box 13, starring Alan Ladd as Dan Holliday.
4: Well, right now I'm wishing I were half as smart as the heroes of some of my stories. I've got a murder, strange woman, a strange apartment, and a strange feeling that this might not work out to a happy ending. What I need is a cab, a quick trip home, a short drink, and a long, long think.
5: a rotten night to be out. Yeah, it sure is. Never seen such rain. Not so good. Cops are sure busy tonight. Sounds like it. I wonder who they're after. I, uh, wouldn't have any idea. Could be a murder, you know. Yeah, this could be. Just a night for a murder.
4: Perfect.
5: How come you got so wet? It's, uh, raining. <laughs> I know, but how come? My umbrella needs recovering. Do you want the Normandy arms? That's right. Yeah, that's your building up ahead, but it looks like you've got lots of company. What do you mean? There's prowl cars, mister, all over the place.
4: Oh, this is very nice. Carla Williams called the police and must have mentioned my name in passing and the type of interesting young fellow that any cop would like to meet. Especially with a murder weapon in my pocket. Tonight, Mr. Holliday, I think you will sleep elsewhere.
5: Want me to pull right in where all them cops, are?
4: No, they look busy, so maybe we'd
5: better not bother them. Just keep on driving. But this is where you live, ain't it? I don't feel like going home tonight. I could shove them cops aside, you know. This is a legitimate hack. That would be fun, but don't bother. You're the boss, mister.
4: Where to? Uh, There's a place down on Franklin Avenue. 1612,
5: I think. I know that place. That's the cheapest hotel in town.
4: Yes, I believe it is.
5: Hey, how do you know about a place like that?
4: I got information there for a story.
5: What a joint like that. What are you going there tonight for? You're writing another
4: story? I'm living one. Living one? Yes, I left my typewriter at home.
7: Well, Mr. Holiday, to what do we owe this great pleasure? Maybe you're just lucky. More research on the Seamier side of life? No, sure, not tonight, I looking for a room. A room? Might I remind you, Mr. Holiday, this ain't the Roney Plaza. Have you got a room? Any particular exposure you might like? The less, the better. I'm sure we can fix you up. That is, if you're willing to pay in advance. Buck? Buck and a half? How much? Twenty-five dollars, Mr. Holiday.
4: Twenty-five
7: dollars? And if you committed the murder, it'll be fifty dollars, Mr. Holiday. Come on, talk straight. I don't want any trouble with the police. What makes you think I'll cause you trouble with the police? The little box called the radio. Police calls. They're a lot of fun to listen to, Mr. Holiday. Yeah, I bet they are. You'll be comfortable
4: here. And safe. I'm beginning to wonder if I could afford it.
7: With your money? <laughs> don't make me laugh.
4: I wasn't trying to.
7: Where's your phone? The one on the wall costs a nickel. Thanks. You're staying tonight, Mr. Holiday.
4: Hello. You got back there in a hurry.
3: You. Where are you?
4: Still in town. The police, they with you?
3: What do you think?
4: Thanks for putting in a good word for me.
3: I had to. They made me. Look, I, I want to talk to you.
4: I know that feeling. I want to talk to you, too.
3: I can explain everything.
4: Like a gun with one bullet fired? Yes. A missing telephone, there wasn't? That, too. Oh. Then you're just a little girl I want to have words with.
3: Can you come over here right away?
4: Are the police there? Oh, that's
3: right. Name a place I'll meet you.
4: The corner of 6th and Victor. Ten minutes. Right. Hey, Mr. Holiday. Oh, I too.
7: Your room. This ain't the Rony Plaza, but the service is just the same. I've changed my mind. You're not staying?
4: Your rates are too high. I'll drop in again after I've made a fortune. Now I know how the fox feels when the hounds are closing in. Hmm. Someday I'll have to write a story about a fox. Put that guy Burgess and his Peter Rabbit out of business.
5: Oh, it's you again. Yeah, I get around, don't I? I thought you were set for the night.
4: No running ice water. Sixth and Victor.
5: Where'd you say you wanted to go?
4: Sixth and Victor. But there ain't no
5: place to sleep there.
4: Oh, no, I'm not sleepy. I just want to examine a fire hydrant.
5: Okay, mister. I'm glad it's your money and not mine.
4: If we keep on, it will be your money.
5: Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah.
4: Say, uh, is that tonight's extra lying up there?
5: Sure. Want to take a look at it? Oh, yeah, thanks. That picture they got of you on the front page is lousy. What picture? You look like you was facing the camera through a screen door.
4: Yeah, let me see that. Well, 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 this is just Wonderful. Prominent writer named by police. Carla Williams accuses Dan Holliday of the murder of Harry Granger. Grief stricken girl witnessed the murder of her fiancé. Nice going, Carla. It's your word against mine, plus the evidence against me. Now I know why they wrote that song. I get along without you very well.
5: Well, there's Six and Victor. Cruise on by. You ain't going to stop. I haven't made up my mind. It's like a couple of cops waiting around for somebody.
4: That's the way it looks to me.
5: That might be the law.
4: Yes, they might be.
5: What do you want to do now?
4: Get away from here and find a city directory. A chap by the name of Harry Granger should have a home. And he should have stayed in it. I'm either just ahead of the police or right behind them. And if this game keeps up much longer, I'll be right with him. Yeah?
5: Oh, um, Harry Granger lived here. He did? You the police?
4: Well, no, not exactly.
5: A reporter? I used to be. Come here, you. I wonder
4: if you're one of them blackmailers. Just a minute, friend. My coat rips easy.
5: No, I guess not. If you were, you wouldn't be here. Mind if I step in? Come in, come in. This whole thing's got me all upset. You don't say. Oh, uh, you said something about a blackmailer. That's what I'm here for. I came to help Harry get rid of those rats.
4: You mean he was being
5: blackmailed? For five years. I lent him most of the money to pay off with. I told him he was a sucker, but it looks like I got here too late. You heard what happened. Saw it in the papers on my way from the station. Have you told the police? Not yet, but I'm going to. Who did you say you were? I didn't say. You know something about this?
4: I think I do now. I began to see the light when the city directory listed this place as Granger's apartment. Can I help? Am I get into trouble. Well, how? Breaking into a woman's apartment. After this, I'll use a fire escape and more of my stories are the most interesting things about a building. side will be out in the hall seeing that no one comes in here. have to work fast, Holly. You'll have to find something that the police weren't looking for. There must be something. Bills, letters, cards. That's no good. Look for look the obvious. That's, that's what I always have my hero doing. What's the obvious? For oh, the living room. Now, let's see. That's where the body was. Nothing obvious there. On the desk. No, no. The table. No. The
5: fireplace.
4: Hello, hello, hello. A small frame snapshot. And I think it might be just what I'm looking for. My old friend, the bartender, and Carla Williams. And with your arms around each other. You know, you two make a nice couple, a wonderful couple. I wonder if they'll let you have your arms around each other in the
2: electric chair. You are listening to Box 13, starring Alan Ladd as Dan Holliday.
4: I finally made it. I'm down at police headquarters in the office of a tall, gangly character named Lieutenant Kling. Of course, a few things have happened. Colin and the bartender were brought in too. It's so much cooler than I am. Oh those cell bars give you such fine ventilation. Holiday! Um, what's that, Lieutenant? I said you were a very
5: lucky citizen. After what Carla Williams told us, we thought you were guilty.
4: You should have told me that story to believe it myself. Proving that she and the bartender were married put a crimp in her act as the injured fiance. Yeah, you showed it up as the same old racket. Smart woman teams up with smart man to blackmail innocent citizens. But just the same, I think you should stick to your writing and let police work alone. Lieutenant, I'll have that printed and framed in blonde walnut. Hanging on the wall? (sighs) No, around my neck. I'm glad to hear you say that. You may not always have a guy like this, Grant, who backed up your story. Oh, Granger's friend? That's the
5: what? Say he's a nice fellow.
4: Wants me to visit him on his ranch.
5: Why don't you do that?
4: Riding the range all day when I could be cooking in town? Uh, pardon me. Homicide, Lieutenant Kling. Oh, yes, yes, he's here. It's for you, Holiday. Oh, thanks. Hello? Mr.
2: Holiday, this is Susie. Yes, Susie? Can you come down to Star Towns right away?
4: Well, what's the matter?
2: There's another letter for you in box 13.
4: Oh, no, no, no.
2: Should I uh, open it and read it to you?
4: Oh, not now, Susie. I've got enough material to last me for a month. Three weeks of which will be a rest.
2: Tell me where. Maybe I can come down and help you.
4: You really want to help me?
3: Sure I do, Mr. Holliday.
4: Then put that letter back in box 13.
2: But, Mr. Holliday...
4: Good night, Susie.
2: Next week, same time, Alan Ladd stars as Dan Holliday in Box 13. Alan Ladd appears through the courtesy of Paramount Pictures and may currently be seen in Wild Harvest. Box 13 is written and directed by Ted Hediger. Original music composed and conducted by Rudy Schrager. This is a Mayfair production.
1: Stay tuned for Honest Herald next on Theatre of the Mind. Time now for Harold Perry as Honest Herald and a show that first aired in 1950.
8: The Herald Perry Show. Yeah. (laughs) And now, Harold Perry as Honest Harold, the homemaker. Well, here we are again in the little town of Melrose Springs, home of that popular radio show for ladies, Honest Harold, the homemaker. Honest Harold is a little sad this morning, for the light of his life, the lovely Evelina, is leaving Pago. Harold and Evelina's uncle, Doc Yancey, the veterinarian, are at the station to see her off. Well, Evelina, this is farewell.
9: Now, Harold, it isn't that serious. Yeah, she's only going to be gone three days. <laughs> All right, Doc. Evie, I'll miss you.
10: I'll miss you too, Harold.
6: And I give you my word, Evelina. While you're gone, I won't even look at another girl. Hee, hee. <laughs> Harold, you sound like a cat with a hee. Doc, why don't you stick your head on the rail? See if the train is coming, huh?
11: (laughs) All right. I
9: do have sort of a trained ear. (laughs) Well, that'll
6: keep him busy for a little while. Flyer's always a half an hour late. Like I was saying, Evie, while you're away, Harold Hemp is going to be true blue.
10: Well, good.
6: Yes, sir. True blue. And I want you to try and have a good time in Chicago, Evie, even though I'm not there.
10: Well, I'll try, Harold.
6: Brave little girl. (laughs) And don't you worry about me. I'll be true blue. While you're gone, I'm going to spend all my evenings at home reading. Reading? You said it. I'm going to read that book you gave me for Christmas a few years ago, Anthony Adverse. (laughs) Heavy. Since I'm going to be true blue, how about a little kiss?
10: Oh, now, Harold.
6: But give me something to remember you by. Your kiss would stay on my lips for three days with that indelible lipstick.
9: Well.
11: Ah, oh, come on.
9: All right, Harold. Train's coming, Harold. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the train's pulling in, Harold. Yeah,
6: I heard it, Doc. Just my luck—the first time she's been on time in two years.
9: Hey, I'll take your bag, Jimmy Put them
6: on board. Yeah, good idea. Well, this is it, Evie. Don't worry about me I'll be true blue
11: Goodbye, Harold
6: Just leave me, Evie Don't look back It's easier that way
11: Harold Yes Here He, <laughs>
6: <laughs> Evie, you kissed me Come on, Evelina Goodbye, Harold Goodbye Oh, Evie
9: Goodbye, Evelina Watch out for card sharks.
6: Yes.
11: <laughs> Goodbye.
6: She's gone, Doc. Gone. She's one girl in a million, Doc. And she doesn't have to worry. I'm going to be true blue.
9: Hey, look what got off the train, Harold. That, that gal over there. Ooh, she's a looker, ain't she? I'm not interested. Well, I am. <laughs> I won't hurt you to take a peek, Harold.
6: All right, I see her. She can't tempt me just because she's got red hair, pink sweater, a lot of curves. Whoop. she winked at me. Come on, Doc, let's <laughs> on.
10: Good morning, Station KHJP. No, Mr. Ham hasn't come in yet. You're welcome. Good morning, Glory. Oh, good morning, Mr. Hemp. Harold.
6: Well, Gloria, just saw Evelina off at the station.
10: Yes, I see you did. What? I think you look awful cute with lipstick.
6: Oh, well, it's Evelina's. I'm going to wear it for three days.
10: Oh, it's a very becoming shade.
6: Oh, you like it? It's Congo red.
10: Harold, I guess you'll be kind of lonesome now with Evelina, away. Will I? And if you're not doing anything tonight and want to come
11: over, well... Uh, (laughs) No, thank you,
6: Gloria. Not that I don't appreciate it, but I'm going to be true blue to Evelina. Yes, indeed. Oh. I'm not even going to think about another girl. That goes for that redhead that just got off the train. (laughs) Yeah? And the one with green eyes Pink sweater Who winked at me
10: She winked at you? Harold and
6: Gloria, let's get this thing straight Evelina's the only girl for me Not gonna give a thought to anybody else In fact, I'm gonna stay home tonight Curl up by the fireside And read a redhead with pink sweater Oop
11: <laughs> <laughs>
6: I mean a book uh-huh. Oh, goodbye <laughs> This is the way to spend an evening, all right. A nice Morris chair, good book. Let's see here, Anthony Adverse. Hmm, kind of thick. Fifteen hundred pages. Wonder if they ever condensed this for quick magazine.
11: Hey, I remember Anthony
6: Adverse. It was an old movie. Can't be too old though. They haven't shown it on television yet. <laughs> Uh, funny about that redhead at the station this morning She did wink at me I think
11: <laughs>
6: I'd had a cinder in her eye if she came from Chicago, though
11: <laughs> Hemp,
6: I'm ashamed of you Thinking about another girl and you're still wearing Evelina's lipstick
10: Why, hello Oh, hello, Mother Oh, you're reading a book
9: Oh, a big
10: one, too
6: Yeah, it's not so big 1,500 pages, small print.
9: <laughs> uh, now, Harold, you're not fooling your mother. Huh? Your mind isn't really on that book. I know who you're thinking of. You do? Evelina. Oh, Evelyn. <laughs> of course. <laughs> oh, by the way, Harold, I hear there's a new girl in town. What? Mm-hmm. Visiting her uncle, uh, Comrade Linth- Linthicum. Oh? She came in on the morning train. Uh, maybe you noticed her at the station. Well, why should I notice her? I well, understand she's an awfully pretty girl. Red hair, brown eyes. Green. <laughs> 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 you
11: know, such a pretty girl.
6: Mother, I want to make one thing clear. The girl means absolutely nothing to me, and I have no intention of taking her out. What? Please, Mother. I don't see why you keep talking about that girl, when all I want to do is spend a nice evening at home with this interesting book. Oh, I'm
9: sorry, Harold. Now you go right ahead and read.
6: No, I won't. I'm going out for a
9: walk. Good night, Mother. Oh, my, Harold's restless tonight. Oh, I know why. This is the day he changed to his woolen underwear. <laughs>
6: Stand in front of this pet shop window all night. Getting tired of watching those tropical fish swim around. Tss, guppies. Tss. Hey, that one with the bushy eyebrows looks like me. <laughs> Silly to be upset about that girl. Probably never even see her again.
10: Well, good evening.
6: Good evening. <laughs>
10: uh,
6: it's you. What? Hey, good morning. Good night. Um, how
10: have you been? <laughs> I'm just visiting here and I'm sort of looking the town over tonight. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if you could tell me where I might get one of those real small town ice cream sodas. You know, the kind that are really yummy. Yummy? <laughs> uh
11: huh.
6: Uh, You can get one down at the drugstore It's up this way I mean, down that way (laughs) Funny I knew where it was this morning
10: (laughs)
9: Uh,
10: Oh, look at those cute little fish
9: Yeah, guppies
10: (laughs) Ah, there's one fish chasing another one Uh Probably trying to catch him for her mate Catch
6: him for her mate? Mm Oop, he's the one that looks like me
10: (laughs) Uh, See you later, miss
6: Brother, that was close. Glad I swam away in time. Where am I? Oh, there's Evelina's house. Wonderful old Doc Yak Yak is home. Think I'll drop in and talk to him. Take my mind off things. The old horse doctor is probably back here in his animal shed.
9: <laughs> hey, come in. <laughs>
6: Oh, my goodness. What a menagerie. Which one is you, Doc?
9: I'm in the clinic, Harold. The back room.
6: Clinic? You kill me, Doc.
9: Now, Harold, is this a professional visit? Got the distemper again?
6: <laughs> this is a social call, Doc. Just thought I'd drop in and play a little
9: game of authors or something. Oh, no, I'm sorry, Harold. I'm busy tonight. Oh? I'm operating on a patient. What? There she is. That cat? Steady now, Gertrude. <laughs>
11: what
9: are you going to do with her, Doc? Major <laughs> surgery. I'm going to clip her nails.
1: Yeah.
9: <laughs> heaven's sake, manicuring a cat. Ah, let's see, where did I put my surgical gown? <laughs> oh, poor little Gertrude. Now you let old Doc know if this hurts, dear. I'll give you an, an anesthetic.
11: Oh, <laughs> brother.
6: Gosh, that girl is beautiful
9: Yes, Gertrude is kind of pretty eh? Green eyes, red hair A striped tail A
11: striped (laughs) tail Well,
9: Harold, I guess you are kind of lonesome with Evelina away Well, it is I uh, can fix you up with a date tonight Slick, young female, I know 25 years old and never been kissed Who? My horse, Silver Moon
11: (laughs) (laughs) Doc. Well, she needs the
9: exercise, and it'll keep you out of mischief. Well, okay, Doc. Mm. Nursemaid
6: do a sway back nag. <laughs> the things I do for Evelina. <laughs> well,
11: this
6: is kind of nice. Jogging along on the country roads in the moonlight. You having a good time, Silver Moon?
11: (laughs) (laughs) Well, a
6: happy horse. (laughs) Yes, sir. This is the way to avoid temptation, all right. Just ride along in the cool air, then go home and dream of Evelina. Evelina? Won't you pay a little? What's that? Oh, car stalled up the road. No wonder it's one of Hank Dutcher's rental cars. Reconditioned Rios. Whoa, Silver Moon. Anybody there? Need any help? Oh, hello. Oop, it's that pink sweater. <laughs> I'm afraid my car is stalled. Stalled? Well, I'll go right into town and send out a mechanic. Giddy up, Silver Moon. Oh, wait.
10: Huh? Couldn't I please ride into town with you?
6: With me? Well, I
10: <laughs> stop
6: pushing me, Silver Moon.
10: You wouldn't leave a girl out here in the dark, all by herself. Well,
6: uh, no, I guess not.
10: Oh, thank you. Give me your hand.
6: Yeah, take my elbow.
10: Oh,
6: yeah.
10: There. Oh, aren't you the man I saw watching the tropical fish?
6: Yeah, I'm the one with the bushy eyebrows. Yep, <laughs> Silver Moon.
10: Silver moon. Oh, my, that's a pretty name. Pretty horse. Pretty knight.
6: Pretty warm.
11: <laughs>
10: <laughs> I'm Mary Lou Dupre. Aren't you going to introduce yourself?
6: Oh, I'm Harold Hemp. They call me Honest Harold... I mean, Honest Harold Homemaker on the radio. <laughs>
10: radio? Yeah. Why, well, that's a coincidence. I'm in show business, too. Oh? I'm a nightclub singer in New York. What they call a chanteuse... I sing songs of love and
11: passion.
6: Your brother, get up so little
10: songs like this. I've got you under my skin. You
11: have I've got you deep in the heart of me. So deep in my heart You're
6: really a part of me Have you ever read Anthony Adverse?
10: I've got you under my skin
6: Whoa, Silver Moon! (laughs) Miss Dupre? Yes? I can't fight this thing any longer. It's bigger than both of us. What kind of lipstick do you use? My...
10: Congo Red.
6: Good. Same kind I'm wearing. (laughs) Mm -hmm.
10: Oh... Oh, I missed your him.
6: I'll hate myself in the morning, but what the heck? <laughs> you mind your own business, Sophie.
11: <laughs>
8: We'll return for the second act of our story, Honest Herald, in just a moment.
6: But first... I've just read next Thursday's suspense script, Rave Notice, and I'm sorry to report that there's not one joke in it that I can steal.
8: <laughs> However, it's a very
6: fascinating and terrifying story, I promise you. And, of course, it will star America's most
8: distinguished dramatic actor, Milton Berle. <laughs> Uncle Milty to you. Thank you. Yes, tomorrow night on radio's outstanding theater of thrills, Suspense, Milton Berle will star in Rave Notice. Oh, brother. Suspense is heard every Thursday on most of these same CBS stations. Don't miss Milton Berle on Suspense at CBS The Star's Address tomorrow night. Oh, by the way, listen for Harold Perry's important announcement at the end of our show. And now, back to Honest Harold, The Homemaker. The <laughs> It's the morning after for honest Harold. Last night his accidental meeting with the attractive Mary Lou turned into a romantic interlude. And now, in the cold light of day, Harold is filled with remorse.
6: I sure am. I'm a cad.
8: For he lost his head and kissed the charming chanteuse. Well, just once. Well, I shouldn't have done it. No will far. Aren't you ashamed, Harold? Yes. What? It, oh,
6: will you ever forgive me, Evelina?
8: Well, right now, honest Harold is entering the radio station with a heavy tread and a guilty heart.
6: Harold Himp, you're a bounder, and you wanted to run for mayor. Good
11: morning, Harold. Oh,
6: good morning, Gloria.
10: Gosh, you look a little peaked this morning. Hmm? You shouldn't have stayed up so late last night. What? Reading that book, Anthony Adverse. Oh. <laughs> Did he kiss the girl yet?
6: Yeah, he sure did.
10: (laughs) I think it's noble the way you're staying home at night while Evelina's gone.
6: What a sneaky thing I
10: did. And oh, how sweet and sentimental. Uh, You're still wearing Evelina's lipstick, Congo Red.
6: Yeah, I got a fresh coat last night.
11: (laughs) See you later, Gloria.
6: Well, at least nobody knows about it yet. Why did I ever say...
8: Hemp? Hemp? Get that dazed look off your face. Remember me, I'm the station manager. Oh, good morning, station... And Stanley? <laughs> Come into my office, Hemp. Yes, sir.
6: But he's found out about it. And he likes Evelina, too. Hemp, I want to talk to you. I deny everything. What? Anyway, I only kissed her once. Hemp, what are you You'd saying? you have done the same thing, Stanley. A lonely robe, silver moon, her perfume. I didn't know what I
8: was doing. I'm only human, Stanley. Hemp? Stop tugging at my lapels. I don't know what you're talking about. You don't? Isn't that what you wanted to see me about? I called you in to talk to you about your monthly office report. Oh, the office report? Yes. (laughs) You single-spaced it again. You know
6: it should be (laughs) double-spaced. Oh, I'll I'll double-space it, Stanley. I'll triple-space it. Anything you say, Stanley, you're wonderful. So understanding. The nicest boss a fellow ever had. Mm Mmm. Harold, ooh, mistake. Sorry, Stanley, but say you look cute with that Cupid's bow on your cheek. It's Congo red.
11: <laughs> wow,
6: but Stanley knew something there for a minute. What are my feelings so guilty about? Just one little kiss didn't mean a thing to either one of us.
12: Hi, right, boy. Oh.
6: Pete, the town marshal What are you doing, Pete?
12: Writing out a parking ticket for this bicycle Too close to the fire plug Oh, for heaven's sake (laughs) You been buggy riding lately, boy?
11: (laughs) 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 What do you mean, Pete?
12: Yeah, just a minute, Harold I gotta fill out this ticket Make a bicycle Sears Roebuck Atomic (laughs) Flyer Pete, did you see me last night? I sure did, boy I was out looking for chicken thieves. (laughs) That was a cute little Rhode Island red you had. (laughs) Quite a smoocher, aren't you, boy?
6: (laughs) look here, Pete. Don't you try to make a big thing out of this. Just one harmless little kiss. Didn't mean a thing to me. In fact, I'm never going to see that girl again.
12: I'm through with her. Yeah, but is she through with you? Huh? If you ask me, you're in trouble, boy. Trouble? What do you mean? Just a minute, Harold. Yeah. Distance of vehicle from fireplug, four feet.
11: Yeah.
12: Pete! Least, is it five feet? Pete, I want to talk to you. I will split the difference. Call it four half. Pete, <laughs> what did you mean? Is she through with me? Well, heard about a case like yours just the other day. Fella kissed a girl, thought he was through with her. What did she do? Shot him in the stomach. <laughs> <laughs>
11: And she loved him But Pete she Shot him Because she
12: loved him Stop saying that Pete, you don't think This girl will shoot me Hey, just a minute, Harold i got to finish this ticket oh. Attitude of driver Hey, now, that's a tough one <laughs> Pete, listen to me Oh, Shaw The whole thing is a mistake, Harold Mistake? You mean about the girl Shooting the fella? No, the joke's on me <laughs> Making out a ticket For my own bicycle
11: <laughs> oh, <laughs> good <laughs>
9: home tonight,
6: Harold? Yes, Mother, I want to finish the book.
9: That's nice. I'll leave you alone so I won't disturb your concentration.
6: Thank you, Mother. Yeah, that marshal. He spoiled my whole day. Mary Lou wouldn't shoot me. This is silly. She couldn't fall in love with me over one little kiss. Of course I am rather attractive.
11: <laughs>
6: I was wearing my new shaving lotion last night.
11: <gasps>
10: Why doesn't Harold get here? I can't live another moment without him. Oh, there he is. Harold! Hello. <laughs> Come in. Yeah, all right. Let me close the door.
6: I'll just tell her that kiss meant nothing to me. She won't care. She locked the door.
10: <laughs> <laughs>
11: She's
6: hiding the key. Oop!
10: Harold, Sit down. Huh? No, here on the floor. What? On this tiger skin.
11: Oh. <laughs> Did you see
6: him? <laughs> oh, little tiger. <laughs> Mind if I sit on you? Uh, uh, uh. Oop, big molars.
10: <laughs> <sighs> now, isn't this cozy?
6: Yeah, where'd you get this little old tiger?
10: I shot him Done.
11: <laughs>
6: Got bushy eyebrows, too Mary Lou, I wanted to tell you
10: Harold, something Harold ah. I can't forget last night The moonlight You and I sitting close in the buggy That strange fragrance in the air
6: Oh, that was my shaving lotion <laughs> Lumberyardly <laughs>
10: And then your kiss in the dark. Oh, it still lingers on my lips.
6: Indelible lipstick.
10: I'll never forget it as long as I live.
6: You won't? I mean, you won't.
10: And now that I've found you at last, my own true love, I'll never let you go. But. And if you should ever try to leave me, do you know what I'd do? I'd shoot you. <laughs>
11: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
10: but you would never leave me, would you, Harold? Oh,
6: no. Why would I want to leave you, Evelina? Hmm?
10: Evelina. Mm-hmm. Then there is another woman. Uh, You've been deceiving me, <laughs> and you call yourself honest, Harold,
6: the homemaker.
11: <laughs> <laughs>
10: it was
6: just one kiss, Mary Lou. What are you reaching in your purse for? Is that a gun?
10: I'm going to shoot you with this Mauser, you rat. Uh. <laughs> <laughs>
11: Look at it!
10: That thing is pointing right at me, Mary Lou. Mary Lou. <laughs>
9: Well, Harold, what are you doing on the floor?
6: Where's that tiger? But... <laughs> Mary Lou, put away that mouser. What? Oh, hello, Mother. Uh, help me up. Oh, you must have dozed off, Harold.
9: Oh, yeah. Oh, I have some wonderful news for you. Huh? Uh, Dr. Yancey just called. Evelina's coming back sooner than she thought. She is? When? On the 820 tonight. Isn't that wonderful?
6: Oh, you said it.
9: Oh, you better hurry if you're going to meet her. Uh, uh, oh. My, but you're pale, Harold Yeah Hope you're not catching another cold mm-hmm. Maybe the doctor ought to give you a shot
6: If Mary Lou doesn't do it first <laughs> <laughs> Now, who's that?
9: Hello
11: This is Mary Lou Is that you, Harold?
6: Oop, Mary Lou Harold? This is Harold's mother speaking
11: <laughs> Harold
6: isn't here He's gone to Timbuktu Goodbye
11: <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Harold.
9: You're always joking
6: <laughs> That's what you think Goodbye The Mar- <laughs>
11: uh,
6: train isn't in yet Well, the only honest thing to do Is to tell Evelina the whole story At least if Mary Lou shoots me I'll die with a clear Oop! Mary Lou, she followed me down here This is it. I'm glad I wore my new (laughs) herringbone.
10: Oh, I'm glad you're here. I wanted to tell you goodbye. Goodbye? My agent phoned me from New York. He has a job for me there, and I'm leaving on the next train. You are? Harold, I I wanted to clear up one thing before I go. That little kiss in the buggy last night. I hope you didn't take it seriously. No. (laughs) Good. Oh, you're very sweet, Harold. But I couldn't fall in love with you in a million years. You couldn't?
6: Thank you. That's the nicest thing any girl ever said to me.
11: (laughs) What?
10: Oh, there's my train. Goodbye, Harry. Uh, Goodbye, Mary Lou.
6: Nicest chanteuse I've ever met. Oh, there's Evelina getting off now. Evelina, Yoo-hoo. Evelina
10: Oh, hello, Harold You didn't have to come down to meet me Oh,
6: glad to do it Gosh, it's nice to see you again
10: Oh, it's nice
9: to see you
8: uh, Oh, there you are, Evelina oh, Peabody, what's he doing down here?
9: Hello, Stanley
8: I'm glad you're here, Hemp What? Evelina, I think there's something you want to know about Honest Harold While your back was turned, he went buggy riding with another girl Oops. And that isn't all He kissed her But there she is, just getting on the train
10: That pretty girl is that true, Harold?
8: Um, yes, it is.
10: Oh, that's wonderful.
11: Ah? Huh?
10: Oh, how intriguing. I didn't realize you had that much charm and dash. Oh. Uh,
11: but <laughs> <for laughs> Evelina!
10: Stanley, it looks like you've been getting a little romantic yourself. Isn't that lipstick on your cheek?
6: Oh, that's mine.
11: What? Huh?
10: <laughs> <laughs> am about
6: ready for another coat. Huck her up, Evelina. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
8: You have just heard the Harold Perry show, Honest Harold, who returns in just a moment with an important announcement. The supporting players tonight included Mary Jane Croft, Catherine Card, Viola Vaughn, Ken Peters, and Polly Bayer, and featured Gloria Holliday as Gloria, and Joseph Kearns as old Doc Yak Yak. Norman McDonald directed, and the music was composed and conducted by Jack Meekin. Honest Harold, created by Harold Perry, was written by Gene Stone, Jack Robinson, and Dick Powell. Now back to Harold Perry for his important announcement. Oh, yeah, that's me, isn't it? <laughs> now, just what was that message, Harold? Well, Bob, we talked about it last week. but For the people who missed it, I'm hunting for a laughing lady. Someone we can invite to
6: appear on our show. And all the gal has to do is
8: just laugh?
6: That's right. <laughs> her laugh will enter in the Honest Harold Laugh Contest. And it begins right in her hometown. So, ladies, if the Laugh Contest is being conducted in your city, please enter. And you may be here with us some Wednesday night. Well, say, that sounds like fun. Oh, no, it is, Bob. Come on, girls. Let's all laugh.
1: <laughs>
11: <laughs>
1: Thank you for listening. Tomorrow night, it's Quiet, Please, followed by the FBI in Peace and War. Thanks to Joel Schonwell and Paul Stringer for technical support. The executive producer for Theater of the Mind is Moses Neimer. I'm Frank Proctor. Have a great night.